Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Um, several weeks ago, um, I had the opportunity of um, opening the scriptures, and we looked at a number of passages having to do with the place of the Word of God, and we focused several weeks ago on uh, those that God calls to teach and uh, instruct God's people uh, as, as pastors and elders, and how the great shepherd nurtures and feeds and cares uh, for his people uh, through those under-shepherds. And we see <coughs> here in Ephesians chapter 4, in verse 11, talking about the Lord Jesus ascending on high and giving gifts. And notice in verse 11, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine by human cunning by craftiness, in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now this is an incredibly rich portion of Scripture. I mean, each phrase, almost each word is just loaded, um, describing for us, painting a picture uh, of this ministry of God's people um, being servants of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, in the body of Christ. Now, I want you to notice several things. First of all, in verse 11, uh, and this is what we focused on several weeks ago, that it is the privilege and duty of pastors, elders, uh, to equip the saints to share the gospel and see God's sheep brought into the fold of Jesus and then built up in Jesus. But the purpose of that is, as we see in verse 12, to equip the saints. Um, if you think about equipping someone, uh, you can just uh, picture in your mind a mama getting ready to send of their child off to camp. Um, years ago, uh, one of our children, yes, it was a son, uh, was 
uh, equipped for camp. Uh, the suitcase was packed. There were outfits for each day. And, and when, uh, after a week, uh, the child returned with his dad, um, I hadn't paid any attention uh, to what was going on. And the mama was aghast that only one outfit had been worn all week. Uh, all the rest of the outfits were still in the suitcase, neatly folded and packed. And uh, this little guy had just, he had had a great week. You know, he'd take his clothes off in the evening and put them on in the morning. Everything was great. Um, so just because you're equipped doesn't mean you know what to do. Um, and so what does God say uh, his people need to do with the Word of God? We're equipped with the gospel, uh, with a, an understanding of, of holiness, uh, of the paths of Jesus, how to think and live uh, uh, to please the Lord in our own hearts, the fruit of the Spirit, uh, the Ten Commandments, what they mean, how they look in action in our everyday lives. <coughs> Um, what do we do with all of that? Well, notice verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the work of service. And what is this ministry? What is this service that pastors are to be equipping God's people to do? For the building up of the body of Christ. And the rest of this section focuses on uh, uh, the analogy of a human body and how that each part in a human body, uh, when it's working together, uh, enables the whole body to function and to enjoy uh, life. And you see that at the end of verse 16 from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. All the individual parts of a human body are likened to the individual uh, believers in a local body, that all of us uh, have a, a place in uh, uh, being a blessing uh, to the whole body, um, held together by every joint with which it is equipped. And so here, not only are pastors and elders to be equipping God's people, but Jesus says that the body <coughs> is equipped with individual believers, each individual is part of the equipment that Jesus gives. And then, of course, he equips those individual believers with his word, with his gospel, for the purpose of the whole body being built up, by which every joint with which it is equipped, it's held together, when each part is working properly, 
makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And so as we experience and share the love of Jesus that he has poured in our hearts, uh, we have come to taste and see uh, the love of God for us in Christ Jesus. And we not only love God, but we love one another and we share that mutual love uh, for our God. <coughs> and as each part of the body works properly, functions, um, the whole body grows and builds itself up in love. So we want to spend just a few minutes then looking at some passages of Scripture that talk about this ministry of um, building each other up. And um, let's just turn to the next chapter in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. And here is now a passage that shows us one of the things that uh, we do uh, to build each other up. And uh, these passages particularly are going to focus on us using the Word of God to do that. Uh, we shouldn't be surprised. That's the chief tool that God uses uh, to uh, draw us unto himself and then to build us up in the faith. And so we shouldn't be surprised that the tool that God uses primarily as his chief means of grace, tool, uh, to apply the gospel to our hearts and grow us in Christ is also the same chief tool that God wants us to be using for our ministry. And, and it, it's interesting, years ago I bumped into a, a person here in Tazewell and they said, uh, who's the minister of your church? And I said, well, actually, we have 98 ministers. They were kind of like, 98 ministers? And I said, well, yeah, that's how many members we have. And they, you know, didn't think it was funny at all. And uh, I explained this passage of Scripture that the pastor is equipping the ministers and that the ministers are all God's people. Well, here's a passage in Ephesians chapter 5 that describes how all of us are to be taking the Word of God <coughs> and building each other up in the Lord Jesus. Um, and, and we'll start reading in verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk in the... In the term walk here is used as uh, a description of living life. Um, God says, here's um, how you're living. Look carefully then how you live, how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time 
because the days are evil. And therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And so we're those who, who are living uh, to please Jesus. We want to understand what his will is. And he's revealed his will in Holy Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. Well, look at verse 18. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. Uh, we do not want an outside substance uh, to take control of us so that we would say and do things that would lead to ruin. That's the description here. And in contrast to that, he says, but you do need something outside of yourself to enable us to be and do what we normally would not be and do. And that is to the end, though, of life and blessing. And so the contrast is two things that are outside of ourselves that would animate us to do what normally we would not be doing. One is a negative, uh, a drunkenness. Uh, do not get drunk with wine because that is debauchery. Uh, it is riotous living that leads to destruction. But we do need something outside of ourselves to animate us, to uh, uh, control us, uh, to do what normally we couldn't do that is good, that is life. And so, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. <coughs> and this Greek word here for fill, first of all, it's in the present tense, and so it doesn't just mean a one-time deal. It means something that has continuous action, that this is something that's an ongoing thing. Keep on being filled. Uh, is, is the force of the Greek tense there. Uh, keep on being filled. Um, and a, a, an English word that would be a synonym uh, for filled would be controlled. Keep on being controlled. Keep on being animated by the Spirit. And so then he gives some illustrations of what it looks like to be animated by the Spirit, controlled by the Spirit. And you have a series <coughs> of participles. Now, I must confess that when I was sitting in grade school and high school and heard of, of, about participles, I was not very excited, to say the least. As a matter of fact, I can remember thinking of what use will I ever make of knowing what a participle is. But here is just one of the practical applications of such a glorious truth of grammar. That a participle is a verb used as an adjective. <coughs> That's what a participle is. It's a verb that's being used to describe something. 
And these action words are describing now what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit. And so we see in verse 19, addressing one another. And so here's this ministry now of us ministering the gospel one to another, ministering the truth of God's Word that we've been equipped with and are now being used by Jesus as part of the equipment of the whole body, (coughs) addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. So we're singing to the Lord but we're also singing to one another. That's pretty fascinating. Uh, why, Why do we sing when we gather together to worship God? Well, first and foremost, we're worshiping God. But we are also, as we worship God, we are being used of the Lord to encourage the people around us to join with us uh, to sing. Praise to our great God. Addressing one another. This word address is an interesting word. It's it's just the normal Greek word. Uh, The Greek word is laleo. And it just uh, is is, uh, translated. It's uh, around 300 times in the New Testament uh, for just to speak. Uh, He said... Uh, over and over, it's the verb that's used when Jesus would speak to his disciples or to a crowd. Um, it, it's the same word when somebody is talking to someone else. And, and so here is just this speaking. We're, we're opening our mouths and we're addressing one another. We're speaking to one another as we praise God. And so as we sing, you can just think about uh, not only are are we as individuals praising God, but as we do so, as we sing, we're also inviting, asking, inciting those around us sing. Sing from the heart. Sing louder. He's worthy of praise. (coughs) And so, here's one of the passages that describes for us this ministry. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. (coughs) Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of fear for Christ. And and so we not only sing the Word of God, uh, the truths of God's Word, Praising God, inciting, encouraging, inviting one another to join 
with us to praise the Lord. But in verse 20, we're giving thanks. And, and what do we know to say to God as we pray? Well, again, the Word of God. Um, what's good? Well, we wouldn't know what is good if we didn't know the Bible. Uh, God is the one who tells us in His Word what is good. <coughs> and then verse 21, submitting to one another that we all have uh, work to do. We have a station in our homes, in our church family, and as we take our place, uh, we're serving the Lord together. Um, another passage over in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. <clears throat> And uh, we're going to jump down in the, in the passage and look. It's kind of a parallel. Um, there are a lot of parallel things in the book of Ephesians and the book of Colossians. It's not exactly parallel. They're, they're two unique uh, books in the Bible. But there are some similar themes here and there. <coughs> and one of the themes that is a parallel is that the gospel changes the way uh, we think and live. And that as we know the Lord Jesus, we are to grow up in Christ. And that's a process of us putting off more and more the remnants of the old sinful self that still uh, remain. God's made us a new creation in Christ, but we still have some of the um, old baggage, if you will, that we, we're, we're trying to get rid of. Uh, old ways of thinking, old habits uh, of, of the old sinful self. Well, in Colossians chapter 3, this putting off, you can see verse 5, put to death therefore. We're putting off, we're putting to death. And then in verse 12, put on then. And so you can see, and that's the same theme that we see in Ephesians chapter 4 and 5 and 6, putting off, putting on in Christ Jesus. And so down in verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father, through him. And, and so in verse 16, one of the things that God says will happen as we grow in the Lord Jesus is that we are ministering the word of God to one another. And we, we, we practice this in our own families 
And then we want to also learn to practice this in the bigger family that God has made us a part of, uh, our, our church family, our congregation. And so the word of Christ, uh, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And so that means that we are being equipped. We're excited about being equipped, about learning uh, the gospel, learning to think biblically. <clears throat> We're reading in our own homes uh, the word of God. We're meditating on God's word as we read there in Psalm 1. Uh, we're not uh, walking with the world. We're not thinking like the world does, but our minds, our hearts are being continually cleansed, <coughs> bathed in the Word of God. And <coughs> we are therefore able to minister to those around us. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And that's the pattern that we see um, for, for parents. Um, God tells us over in the book of Deuteronomy, and you can turn there, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And so here's this picture of us being equipped by the word of God. The Lord Jesus comes by his spirit and and is teaching us the word of God. And then what do we read? These words that I command you today shall be on your heart, verse 7. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And so that's what we see in Colossians chapter 3. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And then... We are teaching. Um, this is a, a term that has to do with formal teaching. Over in Ephesians, uh, it was just speaking that could be used for just a casual conversation or the preaching of the gospel. Uh, any kind of speech is just a general term. But this term <coughs> here in Ephesians, I mean Colossians 3 verse 16, teaching, uh, the Greek word there is didasko. And uh, it, it uh, has the idea of, of formal instruction uh, that we're, we are consciously thinking. Now here's the truth. And I want to share this truth uh, with, with this other person. This is something really good. And I want you to, I want you to taste this incredibly sweet uh, uh, piece of candy too. Mm, this is good. Here, take a bite. That's the picture. And then admonishing. <clears throat> now we're going to talk a little bit more about this 
term admonishing in the morning worship service, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but it is the Greek word nutheo. And there is a uh, blessing in the evangelical uh, uh, church in, in the past uh, 80 years in this country, there have been people who, who say, you know, the kind of counseling that God's people need is nuthetic counseling from this Greek term where we're bringing the word of God to bear uh, upon our own hearts and, and the people around us. Um, which way should I go? How should I deal with this dilemma, with this situation, with this great uh, uh, problem uh, that has been presented me? Uh, you know, my great uncle that I didn't even know about, uh, from my third cousin on my mama's side, second removed, uh, has passed away and left me $2 million. Now, what a problem. What am I going to do with these funds? And so I need nuthetic counseling. I need to have advice given to me that is biblical advice, uh, that is wise uh, that is right in God's sight uh, as ideal, not only with what we think of as crises and hard situations, but, but uh, wonderful situations so that we um, can be a blessing to each other. Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. And here again now, what we we we're breaking out into song. <coughs> you know, I've always thought it would really be funny if I did that sometime to my wife or grandchildren. That if they asked me a question, I would just start singing uh, some passage of scripture. They'd probably, uh oh, <laughs> we we got to keep an eye on it. But here's the picture. And I, I must confess that when I was growing up, my sisters, I have three younger sisters, and, and we would take turns um, getting to pick uh, on, on Friday night what we watched on TV. I mean, there was no such thing as DVDs or uh, videotapes or I mean it was just whatever was on the channels and my sisters loved movies especially movies that had singing in them and I really didn't appreciate the the singing it was just when the movie started getting good they would stop and sing about it and I'd be like, come on, let's get on with the action. Uh, we, we, we don't want to have a song here. But they just seem to really appreciate and relish having, you know, just a little uh, interlude uh, to savor the moment, uh, to appreciate. Well, here's this picture of as, as we're living life, we pause 
And we're going to sing about the goodness of God and the truth of His Word one to another. We're just going to break out in singing. <coughs> Obviously, the most normal place for this to take place is in the worship of Almighty God. But I don't think it ought to be uh, necessarily um, exclusively that way. So if if uh, I call you up and ask you a question, you start singing some Bible verse to me, I, I'll, I'll know what's going on, uh, or vice versa. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And so again, here's this ministry, one to another, where we're taking the Word of God and we're singing the truth of God's Word uh, one to another. And as we do so, we're teaching and admonishing one another. Uh, we're doing it with thankfulness. We saw that uh, same thing in Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, and we're doing so uh, from our hearts. Uh, to the living God. Okay, um, let's look at another passage of Scripture over in the book of Hebrews, chapter 3. Hebrews, chapter 3. <clears throat> there have been times in all of our lives where we get weary and tired and discouraged, and even to the point at times where um, we, we feel like giving up. And that's not fun. That is not a fun experience to um, be so <coughs> spiritually. Uh, many times it is accompanied uh, with, um, if, if we're physically sick or there's some difficult situation in our um, own lives or our family uh, or other people around us are struggling or, or living in a culture like ours. I mean, there's just all kinds of things that um, Satan would love to cause us to just focus on and just it, it, it be like an undertow of, of the ocean, a current underneath the surface that would just pull us under uh, and us drown in discouragement. Well, here in Hebrews um, <clears throat> chapter 3, um, in, in verse 1, we read, Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider to Jesus the apostle. Uh, the word apostle uh, is, is a very exciting term. And uh, it literally means sent one. Uh, apostello is the Greek word, and you use your imagination just a little bit. You can hear apostle, apostello. And our English word is really a transliteration uh, of, of that uh, from, the, from the Greek uh, language. Um, 
but it literally means to send, a sent one. And Jesus is the sent one. If you want to do a, a exciting, fascinating word study, read through the Gospel of John sometime. Uh, the whole Gospel of John and just note, underline, the number of places the term sent or send uh, is in, in the English translation. Uh, it, you'll just find it over and over and over and over. Jesus talking about how that the Father had sent him. Uh, really is a thrilling uh, theme uh, to, to note, particularly in the Gospel of John. But anyway, Jesus is the apostle <coughs> and the high priest of our confession who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of the house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant, to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. Moses was just a servant in the house. Jesus is the son. He's the heir of the house. He owns it. And we are his house. If indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. Now I want you to notice verse 6. <clears throat> One of the themes in the book of Hebrews is the call to look to Jesus and see how wonderful he is and don't let go of him. Keep holding fast to him. Keep holding. Hold fast your confidence. Who's our confidence? It's Jesus. Hold fast our hope and our boasting in our hope. Uh, we don't boast about ourselves. We boast about Jesus. What a great Savior he is. And so that's the Christian life, is to keep holding fast to Jesus. Well, Satan wants you and me to let go. He wants us to let go of Jesus. And he... Uh, um, will do all kinds of tricks and attacks to entice us to let go of Jesus. Um, it, it, it is not a new problem for God's people. Um, Satan attacks. He did so in the garden. And you remember now the chief tool that we're used to be ministers is the Word of God. And so we shouldn't be surprised that Satan, he wants us to doubt the Word of God. He wants us to not use the Word of God. He wants us to not be in the Word of God. He wants us to be neglecting the Word of God. Verse 7, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts 
as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness. <clears throat> How could those people have seen the plagues of Egypt and God spared them from the last seven of those plagues? And their firstborns were spared, but all of Egypt was grieving and moaning and weeping because all of the firstborn males died. How could it be that people who had experienced that, and then they come to the Red Sea, and they go, we're goners, I see the chariot, cloud of dust of Pharaoh's army coming well, there's, there's nowhere to run we're, we're, we're doomed and God parts the sea a sea and they walk over on dry land how could it be that people who had walked through a sea on dry land and then see Pharaoh's army destroyed how could it be that they would so quickly turn away and doubt the goodness of God and, and murmur and complain and despair in unbelief. How could it be? Well, we see here in verse 8, we are susceptible to the exact same destruction. Do not harden your hearts. As in the rebellion, as in the day of testing in the wilderness where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years and therefore I was provoked with that generation and said they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. <coughs> As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. And so the people who had seen all those things died in the wilderness. Because they had a hard heart. Well, what's going to keep us from having a hard heart? Oh, praise God for the ministry of God's people. All the ministers of, of the Trinity congregation. Look at verse 12. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But... Exhort or encourage one another every day, as long as it is still called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And so this ministry of God's people, not only are pastors to be uh, encouraging God's people and speaking the word of God um, and, and us being equipped uh, ourselves to keep clinging to Jesus, but we also are reminded that we have that ministry one to another, lest any one of us be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And you know, it really is a, a sad thing when you see somebody fall by the wayside. That's sad. And God calls us to be full of compassion and boldness to speak the word of God 
one to another. Well, uh, the ministry of a building up the body of Christ uh, is a glorious ministry. Um, we have many opportunities to do that. Formal worship. Uh, after the service is over, we're talking to one another. Uh, we have the opportunity to pray with and for one another, to uh, visit one another, text one another, call one another. Uh, we have the opportunity of praying uh, one for another. Um, we can practice hospitality uh, one to another. Um, there's a lot of one anothering in the New Testament. And uh, if you don't have a copy of my one anothering list, it's not exhaustive. I keep finding others uh, in the New Testament. But at least it's most of the one anothering commands uh, in, the, in the New Testament. And it is a wonderful reminder to us of some of the things God wants us, instructs us, uh, to be doing to, with, and for one another. Well, let's pray. <coughs> Father, thank you for your holy word. Thank you for the ministry that you've given to each one of us. Uh, Lord, what a privilege and joy it is for me and the elders of this congregation to be uh, called uh, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And Father, it is an exciting thing to think of the multitude of ministers uh, that we have in this congregation. All of your people, uh, we all have a ministry uh, to pursue uh, of, of encouraging one another and teaching one another, and admonishing one another, and inviting one another. As we sing together, as we uh, pray for one another, as we share one another's burdens, um, as uh, we see uh, at times uh, one of us straying uh, for us to come alongside one another, uh, encouraging us. Now, uh, Henry, you don't want to go down this road. Uh, you belong to Jesus. Run back to him. Lord, help us to do that uh, with compassion. Help us, Lord, to be building the bridges uh, in our everyday lives, uh, in our church family, uh, to be better ministers. We love you, Lord. We love each other. Uh, how I thank you for this congregation. Grow us in Christ. In Jesus we pray. Amen.